What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, technician sports editor Camden Spate. And I'm video editor Jalen Harrington. Just the two of us today, Jalen. Uh, you know, people didn't like us or didn't want to come. We know whatever it may be, but uh, just the two of us. We're going to get to some NC State football, as we always do. But first, as we will every episode, we're going to talk about something from the sports world. And, uh, well, I feel like you might be able to guess this one, Jalen. Um, we're going to go to the NFL here, and we're going to talk oh, about yeah. Miles Garrett. Um, yeah, a, r- a really wild scene there in the uh, Browns and Steelers game. For those of you, if you didn't see, uh, basically, Miles Garrett, I think I don't think it was a sack. I think Mason Rudolph did get rid of it. But Miles Garrett kind of took him to the ground, and then Mason Rudolph tried to pull his helmet off. Right. And then Miles Garrett kind of freaked out and pulled his helmet off. Right. And then after a little bit of a tussle that was kind of moving back toward the end zone, Miles Garrett decided it was a good idea to hit Mason Rudolph over the head with his own helmet. Right. And that's kind of where where things really escalated, and there was some punching and some kicking, and it, it wasn't it wasn't a good scene. For, yeah, you know, as, as one does. Punch yeah, and kick, but yeah, yeah, punch and kick. So, um, you know, first, you know, what was your take when you first originally saw it, and what might the penalty be for Miles Garrett? Right. So I was I was watching that game actually, um, in Witherspoon Student Center. Shout out to Technician. There you go. Um, and. I go, you know, the game's out of hand. I'm just going to leave and go home. So as I'm walking back to my residence hall, Wood Residence Hall, shout out to Wood, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I see in our group chat, oh, God, Miles Garrett, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, NFL fights are pretty boring. So For the most part, right. I was thinking there was some tussling. There was some shoving, right? Then I watched the video, and I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, is right. (laughs) And I won't lie to you, you know, my first instinct was a little bit of victim blaming. Okay. Mason Rudolph. No. Mason Rudolph. You have You a, don't have a helmet on, dog. You have like, a fair point. Like, here's my thing. I, I enjoy fights. I'm a I'm a fight connoisseur. Okay. I remember, you know, the rules around fights. And one of the rules of fights is once you start a fight, anything can happen. You know, there are no rules in fights. So, Mason Rudolph, when you have your helmet torn off, okay, and the other guy's getting held back, if you start running at someone who has a helmet off, is holding your helmet, and you are defenseless, what do you think is going to happen? What's the best case scenario there? You know, are you going to hit Mason Rudolph in the head with their closed fist and knock him out while he has a helmet on? No, he's going to hit you in the head with your own, with your own helmet, and you're going to be lucky to not be knocked out. You know, it's, yeah, it's crazy. No, <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little interesting because of the fact that he decided after his helmet was ripped off right. to then charge at Garrett, right. who was being pinned back by two offensive linemen. So it's not like he was in any immediate danger. Which, my, but he decided to charge at right. him and start yelling at him, and yeah. then I mean. Yeah, I mean, what do you think you were going to happen? You just got hit with your own helmet. You know, usually quarterback's supposed to be, you know, the smartest guy on your team. I want to know Mason Rudolph's Wonderlick score because that was extremely <laughs> dumb, you know. 
uh, I just, no, there was no way, there was no scenario in which Mason Rudolph won that confrontation because you're running at someone who is defended while you are defenseless. Yeah, I was watching in my uh, in my apartment and I kind of, I turned it off like two minutes before. Yeah. Turned it off to the, uh, I think UNC was playing Pitt. It was in overtime. I was watching that game. My roommate comes storming in. He's like, yo, you watching the game? I'm like, yeah, it's on right here. He's like, no, 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 the NFL game. I'm like, what about it? So I turned back to it, and as they're watching the replay, and I'm, I was losing my mind. Like, I first of all, like, there was tussling from both sides. Yeah. While they were on the ground, it almost looked like Mason Rudolph went first, kind of like yeah, going yeah. at his helmet. Yeah. Not sure why he was trying to take Miles Garrett's helmet off yeah. for whatever reason. And then... In retaliation, Miles Garrett kind of freaked out and took his helmet off. Yeah. And then the offensive lineman obviously came to defend their quarterback. And then the quarterback ran up, smacked over the head. Yeah, wild scene. Not not a great night for Mason Rudolph. I mean, no. he throws four picks. No. He's getting sacked again, you know, and he made the And the, ball the thing out. that kind of sucks so, is that no one knows the Browns won the game. Yeah. Nobody knows. Well, the Browns no won in the Brownsiest fashion ever, which exactly. is making their win really a loss with that and, whole— And it was a loss because <laughs> the NFL came out and said Miles Garrett will no longer be playing for the rest of this year. Yeah. And I believe he's meeting with, uh, you know, Roger Goodell and the NFL, you know, this week or fairly soon, do you think that there will be a punishment longer than just this year? Um, I don't think so. And I'll say that honestly because of how durable Miles or Mason Rudolph's skull is. You know, if He's we taking had a, some hits, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Seriously, if we had a situation where Miles Garrett hits him over the head with his helmet and Mason Rudolph goes down, like, out, like, That's not moving. That's a big problem. You know, if there's a situation where he splits his head open, right, we're looking at something very different, you know. This is a bad look, but it Mason is. wasn't really hurt. He was extremely coherent when he was talking to the press afterwards. He did media afterwards, you know. Um, so I think it was as good as something like that could have gone for Miles in terms of not causing too much damage. And I think once he sits for the rest of the year, you know, he can come back next year. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he should play this year, and obviously they made that clear pretty quickly. I don't think it really deserves anything more than that. It, Like you said, there wasn't any significant injury. Mason Ruoff did kind of start it, in at least on that play. I don't know if there was more talking during the game or more instances of you know whatever happened, but Mason Rudolph did play a part in instigating the, the start of that. And while Garrett definitely shouldn't have freaked out, and in no way am I defending his action, there is a little bit of blame on both sides. Right. So, but a uh, wild scene there. We'll see what happens with Garrett in the in the future. But let's move on to NC State football which has been kind of also a disaster, as that play was. <laughs> uh, obviously, NC State hosted Louisville. Another night game. Seven Was it 7.30 or 8? I forgot. 7.30. 7.30, yes, sir. Carter Finley, nice and cold. Quite a, quite again. It was quite cold. It was it was awful. No, you up in the press box. I know you were feeling nice and nice and spiffy up there. Yeah, I was I was a little upset. Um, so I sit in the press box on the front row. Yeah. Uh, I'm closest to the glass, so... It's the coldest part of the press box, which is cool, though, you know, because it's, it's still fine, warm, right? still insulated, yeah, it's still right? Warm. Um, so I was thinking, eh, you know, I'll be fine. I'll get hot chocolate throughout the game, and I'll be straight. They got hot chocolate up there, too? They ran out of hot chocolate no. a little early. I only got one cup of hot chocolate. Dang. I was sad, man, but still, you know, the cookies and the popcorn were hitting. Yeah, so it's, it's all, all right. It's all, it's all, it's all right. good. Nice flex. <laughs> uh, so 
it looked like just for a minute there, NC State had a chance to win the game, yeah. and it it went into the lead into halftime with a ten to seven lead. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's not blow past the fact that NC State wasn't losing after the first quarter. Right. Now, true, they were tied at zero zero. Yeah, it's still tied, but, still, but not they were losing. losing. <laughs> and really went into the half in my mind as I was sitting there in the cold was that NC State could have played better. Oh, but yeah. you have a lead for the first time in who knows how long you have a lead at the half. And it seemed like they were playing better than Louisville was at that point. And then the defense comes out and, you know, obviously part to blame with the offense too for not holding the ball very long. Right. But Louisville scores 20 points in the third quarter. And at that point, the game is, is basically over. At that point, it's 27 to 10. It did get a little bit closer there at the end. Devin Leary had a drive going with about a minute and a half left, ended up not being able to convert in the red zone on fourth down. Right. But so that, and that would have made it a one touchdown game with nobody in the stands. So I'm not sure if it really mattered. There was almost nobody there at that point, even though it was actually kind of close there for a minute. But overall, Devin Leary, 24 for 44, 243 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, got sacked twice. I thought he performed better, yeah. and I I think remember we talking about it last week where if there was a game that he was going to break out, it was going to be this one because Louisville's defense had given up you know forty fifty points even in wins. So what is what did you see from up there in the warmth of the press box about about Devin Leary? Uh, from Devin Leary, you know, I did not see a breakout. Right, um, yesterday was definitely not a breakout, but it was encouraging. You know, I think this was his first start. Uh, with the completion percentage over 50, you know, it, that's not good, but it is improvement, right? He went 24 for 44, 243 yards. You know, he had two touchdowns, one of which I do believe was in garbage time when they were trying to come back at the end of the game. Um, he was, he was, he was all right, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I tweeted during the game, you know, one day we're going to have a conversation about how y'all need to apologize to Matt McKay. I saw that and um, I completely agreed. You know, and, and I will admit even myself that there's an apology to be owed because it seemed like he came in to start the year and didn't perform well. So we just kind of dismissed it yeah. and didn't really. We thought about, hey, there might not be as good an option. I remember talking about it on this podcast, yeah. but I'm not sure we really realized that there's actually not. A good option here. Yeah, I, I mean, and the reason why I tweeted that out was, you know, I saw a couple of throws, maybe consecutive from Devin Leary, where, you know, one was an out route that he threw into the dirt in front of the receiver, yeah. you know, and then, you know, the turning point for me was when he threw a a deep pass, right, threw it ten yards in front of the receiver, and I thought to myself, hey, you know who else did that? Matt McKay. Yeah. You know? It's true. <laughs> and 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 my issue isn't the fact that Leary's struggling because all three quarterbacks have struggled. You know, it's the fact that fans either have checked out this season or they're giving Leary special treatment where, you know, if the other two quarterbacks struggle, it's get the next guy in. And now finally, fans are doing the right thing and allowing whoever the starter is to take their lumps and grow. You know. Devin and that's kind of the only option right, at this point right, is, is right. just to have Devin Leary go in. There's two games left, maybe yeah. three. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and and really just see what happens yeah. in the last two or three games. Yeah, I mean, you know, NC State fans should understand by now, this is not going to be a 
turn the season around type of operation. You know, this is going to be a, hey, this is going to help him out a lot in a year, in two years, when he's an upperclassman and he's really, really good. Um, you know, growth is going to take time. It's going to take a lot more time than NC State fans thought. Um, and I think that became clear, very clear, um, last Saturday. I think one other thing that I wanted to hit at was the fact that Matt McKay started because he does not turn the ball over. And right? that's I, exactly what happened in this game. I, I believe Matt McKay had one interception um, in his starts for the Wolfpack. Devin Leary, <laughs> he is exciting, and he is also a mind-boggling player. You know, He had that shovel play yep. where he's looking away because there's a pass element. There's a pass element, so he's looking to the pass option, looking to the pass option, turns last second, shovels it to the back of Joe Scholthorpe's head. Yeah, not sure what was going on there. It's not great. It's not what you love to see. And yeah. even beyond that, and I believe four consecutive games, Devin Leary has dropped the ball. He hasn't had fumbles forced. He hasn't got hit but with the ball. He has just dropped the ball he, going to throw. Yeah, it, it's strange watching him drop back and just kind of lose it. You know, it's maybe like he's just not thinking about holding the ball enough where he's like, okay, where are my options? But he just forgets the ball. I just, I don't understand it, you know. I thought to myself briefly, you know, it's the cold. He's not used to it. He's from New Jersey, though. Should be used to it, right? So I don't I don't know. I mean, next time I see him, I got to, like, measure up my hands, see if his hands are too it, small. It's not, and it's not even him. It feels like the the entire offense kind of has the yips here. Yeah. Because there were, what, four fumbles in this game? Four. Only only lost two of them, I right, think. Right, right. And then the one pick, so... um. Five potential turnovers just turned into three, I believe. But uh, I think Knight fumbled the ball. Knight did. Knight fumbled kind of early into the game. Right. Um, there was a receiver. Uh, Keon Lassane. Lassane, I know, think, fumbled. And that fumble, if you want to point to a single play that definitely turned the tide, it was that. You know, after a mind-boggling play from Jarius Moorhead on a 70-yard touchdown, right. which opened the half for Louisville, the second half, Keon Saint fumbles on the next drive. Ball they get right the, back to the They Cardinals. get the ball back immediately and, you know, plus territory, and they score another touchdown. And that's what happens, giving up game. 20 points there in the third right. quarter. Right. I mean, and, you know, it's on the defense for giving up that 70-yarder, but it's also on the offense for then giving them the ball back again inside NC State's own 50. I mean, I look at the, the box score here. Devin Leary, 243 yards. Cunningham, the Louisville quarterback, 13 for 20, 242 yards, yeah. four touchdowns. Yeah. So fewer yards by one, granted, and had four touchdowns, was sacked three times. Leary was sacked twice. Louisville averaged two yards a carry, and NC State averaged almost four. Yeah. It, where like I'm I'm sitting here at the box score and I'm like where how were the, the how is Louisville getting these points and it's ah. from these turnovers it's it, from these it, short fields that Louisville's getting just to sh- strike early and often in the third quarter it, it's from it's from turnovers and let's also mention it's on the defense as well you know last week I said one of the big keys to the game was limiting explosive plays you know NC State did not do a great job of that it did a decent job of that but when Louisville hit it hit. You know, in the first half, um, NC State third and long and cover three, as State usually does. And Louisville has a cover three beater and beats cover three for, I believe, a 40-something yard touchdown on third and 14. You know, and Dave Doran addressed it after the game. He said, look, third and long, we should be off the field. 
Absolutely. should be off the field. And they were getting touchdowns on third on, on third long. You know, then you have in the third quarter on that seventy yard touchdown, you know, they send a quarter blitz and Jarius Moorhead either I still don't know because I asked him about it after the game and he gave me a wishy washy response. Either they were not in cover two, but the other ten players thought they were. Right. <laughs> or somebody messed up. But Jarius Moorhead, you know, allows Brock Miller to be one on one with the fastest receiver on the other side. That's easy easy six. Yep. You know, even later after Lesane's fumble, you know, Louisville gave him the bunch formation looks early in the game. State responded the same way every time. And then they capitalize. You know, it's just it's defensive tendencies that are being exploited, and it's also the offense turning the ball over, in my opinion. I do want to say before we move on to the Georgia Tech game, uh, James Smith-Williams had the kind of scary play there at the end of the game, collided with, I think it was the quarterback? Yes, for Malik Cunningham. Right, so they, I guess, went head like head-into-head head there. Both of them fell on the ground and kind of laid there. James Smith-Williams looked like he got knocked out. Not sure exactly what happened to the quarterback. He was able to to get up fairly quickly, um, but James Smith Williams stayed down for a while. Was able to walk off uh, with a little bit of help. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's doing better. And I'm sure in concussion protocol for for this week. And I'm guessing we won't see him Thursday night against Georgia Tech. Is w- what I would guess, but I'm not really sure. He was not on the depth chart, okay. so I would assume yeah. not. So now we're gonna move on to that Georgia Tech game, Jalen. We will be making the trip down to Atlanta tomorrow, yes, Thursday, the the day this podcast comes out, and uh, it'll be really interesting. You know, it, it's it's a game between two of the bottom teams in the ACC, and it still matters for NC State here because of bowl eligibility. NC State has to win out, beat Georgia Tech, beat UNC at home to be bowl eligible. There's a chance that that game against UNC at home will be two five-win teams, yep. which will be real interesting to see. <laughs> um, so Georgia Tech has has really not fared well at all this season. Just recently on Saturday, Virginia Tech beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta 45 to nothing. And then bef- the week before that, Virginia beat Georgia Tech 33-28. Before that, Pitt won 20 to 10. Did have the win against Miami in overtime. How and in then, the world? And then four <laughs> losses before that. So lost the last three, lost seven of the last eight, I think. It seems like NC State should be able to win this game. Georgia Tech does not look like a team that is in any way suited to win another ACC game. One would think, right? One would think. But it's also the ACC, you know? The same Georgia Tech team that lost by 45 at home to Virginia Tech almost beat Virginia at Virginia. You know, it's this conference is insane outside of Clemson this year. Insane to predict, uh, to predict games, you know. I think NC State is likely the better team, but as we'll get into our Wolfpack wager, Georgia Tech's favored in this game, and there's a reason for that. You know, NC State's got a lot of injuries, and... It's a short, short turnaround for NC State playing a night game and then coming back and playing a Thursday game. Um, I think with the home atmosphere that Georgia Tech will have, and I think with the fact that NC State is so injured and has a tribal, you know, it'll be a lot closer than it really should be. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with that. I, 
I and we'll get into it when we get to predictions, but I do think NC State wins this game. But I don't think it's in any way going to be a blowout. I think this is a close game to the end. You know, I'm sure the atmosphere Thursday night will be will be pretty good in at um, Bobby Dodd Stadium. But I don't think this Georgia Tech team really has enough and enough motivation at this point, being I think a do a two win team right now. So, you know, that'll be super interesting to look at in Georgia Tech's last game against Virginia Tech. Georgia Tech rushed for 53 yards and passed for 81 yards. Obviously, didn't put up any points, so there's a reason for those yardage counts being so small. But it's kind of a team in the midst of a coaching change that we've seen recently with a triple option offense that's not really running triple option that much. I mean, in that game, they threw 25 times, and in previous years, that's way too many for Georgia Tech. So... At this point, there's they're running a kind of mixed offense with in in the Louisville game, they had two quarterbacks, you know, passing James Graham went 17 for 14 with two picks, and then Jordan Yates came in four for eleven. I don't know if that was just because the score difference they were getting blown out, so they put Yates in there, but this offense is not good at no, all. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like zero to to Virginia Tech did put up twenty eight against Virginia, ten before that, twenty eight before that, twenty three, twenty two. They lost to Temple twenty four to two. Put up twenty four points against the Citadel and lost, ten points against US USF, fourteen against Clemson. There's just not enough here for me to say that Georgia Tech should win this game. I don't think they should, and I agree there. You know. Georgia Tech really, really, really sucks. Like they are, Georgia Tech is the worst team in the ACC, right? For sure. You know, but I do think, you know, games are not a matter of who's the best. They're a matter of circumstance. And when you factor in, you know, everything that's happened with NC State season, um, this Thursday game will tell a lot about this team, right? If this team wants to lay down, they won't win, right? But as Dave Doran said, you know, multiple weeks in a row, this team's full of fighters and they want to win. So they're going to have to prove it on Thursday. You know, this is a winnable game for NC State. NC State should win this game, you know, favored or not. Um, and I think we're going to find out the true medal of this team on Thursday. Um, Devin Leary is going to need to be more than just, hey, I can complete more than 50% of my passes. You know, Devin Leary needs to be the guy. <laughs> show me something. Some, somebody who isn't Zonovan Knight, show me something on Thursday. That's really what I think. Yeah, I think, and in, in looking back to the Louisville game, actually, Emeka Amezi had eight eight receptions for ninety yards and yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, it was, it seemed like kind of the first game he was able to break out. I don't did he drop a ball? I don't remember him dropping a ball. I don't remember one, but he you know he may have right, but still um, eight receptions, way more than any anytime anything he's had this season i think i mean finally yeah finally finally emeka is looking like the leader of this wide receiver group that we thought he would be this year and he's to continue that you know he needs to continue to be physical you know the way that he fought for yards after the catch you know was really really evident on on saturday and and there thomas had four catches houston had three so there were people were getting involved yeah and that's and uh, part of that is above 50 percent from leary but when you're able to get those players involved, you're going to put up more points. It's going to be closer. And if it wasn't for the turnovers and a couple of blown coverages there on defense, that Louisville game could have been much different. But 
you know, it'll be a fun trip for us, I'm sure. A couple hours down there. I mean, only <laughs> only six or seven. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to turn around Friday morning and go up to Wilmington to the flag football regional. Obviously, video. You're the video editor, so you're right. doing all the the series with, with that team. Yes, so. sir. Unlimited with Club Flag Football. Like and subscribe, y'all. Yeah, make sure to go check out Technician Video on YouTube. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on there. So uh, a big action-packed weekend for us. Hopefully uh, NC State starts it off on a good note with a, a win Thursday night. And I feel like if it, if it was anyone else in the final week, NC State might want to lay down, honestly. But because they have a chance to beat Georgia Tech, go back home and play UNC for a bowl game. Got to be Mac at home. There is motivation there. There has to be. And I feel like that is a little bit of a driving factor here when this that game to end the season could be again two could be two five win teams. And that would be an obviously a match a massive rivalry match. So uh, but I think that's really all we have for you guys today. Um, make sure to check out all the content me and Jalen will be putting out this weekend down in Atlanta. And make sure you check out everything on Technician Video for the flag football uh, series going on there. So thank you guys for listening. Again, I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. I'm video editor Jalen Harrington. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>